find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see for kbla talk 1580 we are and um i, I want to let you know by the way that all of these interviews these conversations that you're hearing will be available on our website wherever you get your podcast and on our app uh, so that you can study up if you need to hear somebody again uh, you get the opportunity to hear them again and make sure it was what you thought it was um uh Honored to bring into the conversation today a woman who served as a bilingual lawyer for the Los Angeles County Public Defender for 18 years, working in all different areas of criminal defense. She collaborated with attorneys across California. She's conducted trainings to help attorneys develop legal strategies to fight cases under the Racial Justice Act. Uh, She's passionate, she says, about juvenile law and has worked also as a counselor, youth minister, mentor, and life coach for teens in her community. Right now, she's in private practice and teaching juvenile rights as an adjunct professor at Pepperdine Caruso School of Law. Lachey Henderson, good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you in. Uh, You got a lot of jobs. Why do you want another one? (laughs) Well, I think it's important to be a part of change, you know, So many times we can sit back and see things that are wrong, see things that need to be different. And we just look and are holding our head down like this is a shame. And I want to be a part of the change. I want to be a part of the conversation and really work towards fighting discrimination. And um, you you um, are another California State University graduate with Fullerton uh, political science, JD from Pepperdine. Yes. Um, tell me about, you know, your, obviously you're African American. I'm sitting here looking at you. Yes. Tell me about your orientation as a black Californian and, and, and how, how that, um, will impact your work. Should you be elected to the bench seat number 97? Well, you know, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I saw a lot of people in poverty. Um, I have worked for years with the underprivileged. And just my own story as a black woman working as a public defender, I experienced prejudice. My clients have experienced prejudice. Uh, You look at cases when you walk in a courtroom and you see the judge is already leaning in the direction of the prosecutor or they have already made up their mind even before you've spoken. And so these things have to change. I want to create an environment in court where things are fair, where the judge is listening to the evidence and hasn't made up his mind already, him or her, and really deciding on the facts and not being prejudiced or siding with one side because they like that side or they have an agenda. Right. Or a lens that they can't take off. Yes. Um, so, you you know, you talk, uh, you talk about people not getting what they expect. I'm pretty sure as a black woman, people's heads must explode when they find out you're the bilingual uh, attorney. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. People don't expect me to speak in Spanish or to interpret things. Sometimes I'm in court and I catch things and I'll mention it to the interpreter or I'll mention things to my client to watch out for. So, yeah, they're not expecting it's me to It's almost like understand. being an undercover, right? Yeah. I, I, I speak some Spanish. I get that all the time. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, dude, don't talk about me like that. Um, <laughs> On the elevator. Right. Exactly. At the gross store what um what do you think what is your superpower uh, other than you know being a bilingual black woman from south la there's a lot of superpowers there but what it, what would you say is your superpower that you would bring to the bench i am a great listener I listen to what's not being said mm. so I watch the room I watch how people interact 
even if a prosecutor were to argue a particular thing, I would be looking at the evidence, not just what they tell me. I'm studying the client. I'm looking at their background. And so my passion is to really understand the holistic person? What happened in your background? What happened in your childhood? How did you get here? And that's one of the reasons why I love juvenile law is because it it incorporates mitigation. You know, how you grew up. Do you have mental health issues? Those things are part of the conversation. And so I love to understand and I will take the time to listen. And I think that's the superpower I have. You know, you say you love juvenile juvenile and, and good for you because I feel like this is an area that's really neglected. Uh, at least in LA County, yeah. I feel like we're we're getting an F. What do you what do you say about that? Well, we've gotten better. Surprisingly, now there's more of a conversation of programs. Judges are more open to the fact that kids have experienced trauma in their childhood. And my background, uh, I lost my parents at 22 years old and I had to raise my younger siblings. Thank you. And just seeing my brother go into the system and just fighting, he was having mental health issues. And so even at 22, when I graduated from law school, I was in court educating the court. I wrote a letter about what we went through. We lost both of our parents. He's struggling. And so then they put him in Dorothy Kirby so he could get his diploma, but also get mental health treatment. And so that's what I want to see for the kids, addressing everything. And so that's my passion, talking to kids, encouraging them, letting them know that there's hope and that people care and that they can rebuild and and learn life skills. Do you think that... um we're missing some of the things or, or, or what what are we missing when it comes to, to dealing with the mentally ill? In, That's in a the great question. System? You know, a lot of times you get a police report and you're reading it. The person has a hold. They've been in a psychiatric ward and then they come to court. Well, this person was an active psychosis when they committed this offense. And I believe that we need to look at that. What happened before they got here? I remember I represented a gentleman that was charged with robbery, but he had he was um, de-escalating from just trauma that he was going through. He was actually uh, decompensating. That's the word I was looking for. And it was happening in front of his friends. Thankfully, he had friends that came to court and said, he's not normally like this. He's going through trauma. He's going through this. And he was able to actually get treatment. But a lot of times the prosecutor, if they're not aware or they don't pick up on it, they will ask for jail time or ask for something more conservative. And we have to fight to show, hey, this is this person's history. Life coach for teens. Um, There's a job not too many people want. What's your secret? As a mother of a teenager, I got to ask. Well, here's the thing. That's a great question. I actually just became that because at 22, I was raising teenagers. Right. My sister was 11. My brother was 15. He wanted to hang out. I was driving down the street, picking him up, saying, get in the car. He was hanging out with his friends. So I ended up inheriting. I was a sister mom. So then from Mm -hmm. there, it became my thing. So then at church, I said, well, I might as well be the youth minister and it just grew into something and kids began to be honest with me about where they were spiritually what was going on in their home what they were struggling with and they would wait for me and sit in class and talk with me about all kinds of things so it just kind of grew into like a ministry Mm, like a calling yeah yeah and so I just enjoy it and you know I I want to be there for people that don't have that loving relationship that I had with my parents I um 
you know, getting ready for these interviews, I read something uh, in the Met News, which I always take with a grain of salt because they seem to actually always lean towards the established, the prosecutors, the way it was, the way it's always been. And they have a whole editorial about your slate, the Defenders of Justice, saying they hate the whole idea. Don't vote yes on any of these people. Um, Judges should have calendars, not agendas, is what their first line is. How do you respond to that? Well, the first thing is, it's interesting that they would phrase it that way. I think it's fear. People are always afraid of what is new. They're afraid of change. So they assume there's an agenda. But if they get to know each one of us, we're hardworking people. We've been public defenders for years. We have the experience and we care. If anything, there's other agendas going on in court that we've had to battle against. And we want to share our perspective and share what is really going on and hopefully influence change in the court system. And a lot of times things can change from how you mirror things. So I believe that a public defender would speak to people differently because we're trying to inspire hope. We want to prevent recidivism. So if you're coming in court, into my court, I want you to know I don't look at you as a number. Your life isn't over and this isn't your end. We want to build so you can go back into society and be better. So I think the approach will be totally different. And there's no agenda. We all have our own individual campaigns. There are people who volunteer and and coach us and do things because they care about what we're doing. But we're, we're a grassroots yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have. I feel like it has to be addressed. But I mean, I'm a person that I would rather have someone that tells me where they're coming from, than someone who doesn't realize that their own life experience and their background informs everything they do. Yes. We're, we're all human. None of us are completely neutral. I know. Um, I know. So you, we can't say your party or anything like that. But talk to me about some like maybe organizations or projects you've been involved in that you're proud of? Well, let's see. Uh, One of the things that I really enjoyed was when I was in the public defender's office, I went into civil contempt and the racial justice unit. So in the civil contempt unit, I got to meet all kinds of different people who were dealing with probate, family law, and they were charged with contempt. Mm. And so you're battling against, you know, Maybe people think they uh, don't care about their kids or maybe a, a parent, another parent is being vindictive toward the other parent. So you're really getting in there researching all type of cases. So I got to look at different areas of law, which was fun. And then the racial justice unit, you're researching statistics on data on how many people are charged with this offense, how many black people, how many Latin A people are charged with offenses. And then you're comparing data and then compiling it in motion you get an expert have them look at the data you put it in a motion and then you do the research and present it to the court and if you can show either a statistical trend towards discrimination or an actual offense that happened where a police officer was prejudiced or you know a judge or even uh, the prosecutor you can show that and show the actual offense you can present it to the court and ask that the court uh, consider it possibly dismiss it or you know could declare a mistrial if there was improper behavior we're talking to Lachey Henderson she wants your vote for seat 97 to become LA an LA Superior Court judge and uh, you I don't know that I've ever seen a judge with um, such cool uh, fingernails and (laughs) 
big earrings and do you think your uh your, your personal style and and we can hear it in your voice you're you know kind of a you know an imaginative person I am. I yeah am. how is that going to work out being a judge <laughs> Well, I promised myself that even when I was a public defender, I was not going to change my style. So you'll see me in court with nails, uh, with earrings, and I know how to, you know, to tone it down and to kind of, in my environment, I know how to... Read the room. Read the room, but I still am going to be creative. Like, my robe may have, like, some African uh, decor on it. I'll I'll, I'll still work it in. (laughs) Um, what, what's, um, what is it that you want people to know about you when they go into the voting booth and, or we're filling out our mail-ins, which are coming in about a week. What do you want us to think of when we think of Lachey Henderson? That's a great question. I want people to know I am fair. I am, I'm naturally that way. I love to hear and listen and make decisions. I'm also fascinated with the law. That's why I'm teaching juvenile rights. I love research. So if you come before me and there's a motion, I will research the law. I will not assume that I know everything. I will look at both sides, weigh it out, and make a fair decision. Um, why do you think, if you do think this, why do you think we should have more diversity on the bench? Because diversity creates different perspectives. There's different outlook. There, there's things that you see. There's nuances that you can catch depending on your background. And I really think having more diverse judges and sitting down with people from different backgrounds is going to change how we facilitate the law, how the procedures are. Just think when you have different input, you change things. Sometimes you're just used to the same old thing. And if we just do the same old thing, we're going to get the same result. So it's time to to incorporate other backgrounds. I think it's going to be fascinating. I'm hoping other people are inspired that are um, people of color that will run after we run. Because it's not that see. easy to run for judge, though, is it? It's not. I mean, is there? do you think that that is one of the reasons why there aren't more of us? Yes, because it's a lot of work. Um, there's a lot to it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very involved. So tell us um, how to find you online, on social media, if we want to, you know, find out more about you or contribute or whatever. All right. So it's Lachey for Judge. So LacheyForJudge.com, Lachey for Judge on Instagram, Lachey for Judge at Is it Gmail. number four or F-O-R? Number four. Lachey for Judge and Lachey is L-A-S-H-A-E. Yes. LacheyForJudge.com, you said on Instagram, on all the places. Facebook, they'll find me. Yeah, I bet you got a minute here and I'm giving it to you to say what you want to say. Thank you. I am running for judge because I want to fight the cross-cultural disconnect that I see in court. I want the opportunity to fight against discrimination, to incorporate more community-based programs, to address the homelessness and the issues that we see in our community to fight for change and to see a difference in the lives of so many people that come through our court. I want to fight recidivism and speak into the lives of the people in our villages and make a change. You still got 40 seconds. All right. And so I am a person that I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I I love my community. I love L.A. I, I went to church in L.A. I still do. And I love people. And I want to fight to bring change in our system. Fabulous. You can find her at Lachey, the number four, and then judge.com, Lachey 
number four, judge.com or all the social media is on the same thing, Lachey for judge.com. Yes. Thank you so much for coming in here Thank and being with me. us, uh, hanging out. Um, and as I said before, you can find all of these conversations wherever you get your podcasts, absolutely free. Tell a friend, let's be ready. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. All right. We're going to meet one more judicial candidate after news, traffic, and sports. This one, not in the same, excuse me, in the same slate, but certainly in the same race. KBLA Talk 1580.